Welcome to Reinventing Nerds. Dr. Joni Cannell shares communication strategies for technical people. She shares her own stories of learning to communicate and brings in other nerds and experts to show you how to interact with people in a way that's comfortable for you. And now, here's your host, the uniquely qualified engineer turned psychologist, Dr. Joni Cannell. Hello and welcome to Reinventing Nerds. Today we've got a special guest who's calling in from Switzerland. Kamalesh Lardi is a digital tech expert, business advisor, speaker, teaching fellow, and an author. She has recently published, I think it's her second book, uh, called The Human Side of Digital Transformation. Kamalish is globally recognized as an influencer and thought leader in digital transformation, and she's also been advising multinational companies across a variety of industries in Europe, Asia, and Africa for over a decade. She has both a technical background and a business background, and hopefully she'll share with us a little bit about how both are important in managing digital transformation. So, Kamalish, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Joni. It's a pleasure to join you here today. Oh, great. I'm so glad to have you. And it's it's fun having an international guest. Uh, we have some from time to time. Um, but uh, let's let's just dive right in because I, our, our, um, our listeners tend to be like technical people, you know, a lot of engineers and tech and we also scientists, too. And, and so I think a lot of them are trying to understand, you know, what's important in the leadership side of things, you know, and and so you started out in tech, and I'm curious if you could give us a little bit about your story, your background, how you how you came to where you are now uh, with your tech background and, and sprinkling in the business, I'm sure, too. Absolutely. Um, most people, when they meet me, they probably are or would be surprised to hear that I come from a background of programming and coding. Yeah. Um, so I did my initial degree in computing and information systems back in the mid to late 90s. And, you know, back then, technology was not as user friendly as it is today. So coding was definitely hardcore. <laughs> we used to work with programs like uh, SQL and, you know, um, it was really at the, the beginnings of um, technology development towards business application. And I got into that field almost by accident. It just seemed interesting to me and I, I went into it and I found that I had an uh, an affinity for uh, coding, you know, uh, computational thinking, structured thinking, um, breaking problems down into kind of uh, smaller pieces and uh, logical thinking and, and solution development. I absolutely enjoyed it and I was so passionate about it. And the first couple of years of my career was with um, Accenture. Back then they were known as Anderson Consulting. Mm -hmm. And um, I did quite a lot of technology implementation for large corporates and worked with um, basically IT teams and tech leaders. And what I realized very quickly within a couple of years is that I needed to have more of a deeper understanding for how businesses work. Because at the end of the day, technology is an enabler. Um, but we need to really have a clear value proposition and a clear application for it and a clear understanding for how business value can be derived. So I decided to go and um, pursue an MBA, a master in business administration in the UK. Um, so I traveled from Malaysia, where I'm originally from, uh, to, to the UK and uh, did my MBA. And this is where I started to expand on my knowledge around 
um, business and business and management, basically. Um, I did meet my very Swiss husband there at university, which is why I ended up in Switzerland. And I've spent the last 23 years really um, supporting organizations and enabling companies in application of technology for business value. So I think this um, area that I've been in, in terms of combining the technical technology background and having these hardcore knowledge of programming and, um, you know, business and, and programming and tech development, as well as business knowledge, has allowed me to um, support organizations over the years in understanding how technology can help accelerate business value. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, you know, I guess one of the things that I'm really picking up on is that having been in that world, right? Having been a programmer and working in tech, not just like with tech, but being in it, you understand and probably even have some of the mindset, you know, of of the tech, like you said, the logical, rational, you know, some of these uh, analytical um, um, characteristics. And and I feel like uh, a lot of the technical people are, are, have that mindset. And so how do you help them appreciate the bigger picture, the, you know, the business strategy, getting outside of the tech, because that's so exciting for so many people, the tech itself. So how do you get them thinking bigger? I think one of the key elements is really looking at, um, you know, application of tech. And a lot of times when I work with organizations, we do tend to collaborate closely with technology teams, internal IT teams, as well as tech solution providers. And one of the things that, um, and also with startups, I've worked quite a bit with startups as a startup mentor. And one thing that I find consistently across the board with these teams is the view on technology as a silver bullet solution, the the thing that solves the problems. Um, and I think one of the key things that I try to communicate to these teams is really it's not a silver bullet solution. It's an enabler. You have to first understand two core elements. One is the um, customer base, the, the people who are using technology and really having a, a strong understanding for how people use technology. What is this, this kind of market problem that you're solving? And the other element is how to implement it successfully within organizations. A um, couple of examples I can give when those things are not thought of by tech teams. Yeah. Uh, for example, implementing a tech solution within an organization, if you don't get the users buy-in, if you don't understand how people use technology solutions and you implement something or you force something into an environment, people tend to fall back into their own habits. And so something I found very early on in my career was um, people within organizations, if they are not bought into the tech solution that's being implemented, they do tend to create a shadow organization structure. So that defeats the purpose of having the tech solution in the first place. Uh, and I do detail a story about this uh, in the book as well, where I talk about an organization where we implemented a tech solution. It was um, um, quite a large core system replacement. And we found that the, the reason we implemented the system was to improve productivity. And we found that it actually doubled the time required by people to, to perform this function. Uh, after some investigation, we realized very quickly that the people were actually using the system at the end of the day. So they created a shadow organization structure. They fell back into the traditional way of doing things. And they were using the new system for data entry at the end of the day to transfer the, the information required onto the new system. So that actually doubled the amount of time required. So these types of things really convinced me that there needs to be a very strong bridge between 
technology implementers, tech teams, and the people using it, though, whether it's your customer base or your internal organization. Hence, that drove me to write the book, the, the Human Side of Digital Business Transformation, because I wanted to really marry these two elements together and provide a guide or a kind of a playbook for organizations on how to do transformation well. That's excellent. And you know what? I, I do want to talk about your book because I, I read it and I found it extremely interesting. And the examples you're talking about, you're like you just talked about one, but there is, the book is just full of examples from cover to cover about <clears throat> good examples, bad examples, you know, what can go wrong, what can go well. And um, I think one of the things that was really interesting, I mean, for me, because I'm biased right from my perspective, but I think also from the perspective of people who are listening and viewing this podcast is, that it talks so much, I mean, it is, a, it's called the human side, right, of the digital transformation, right, uh, but um, the the managing change, motivating people, like communicating, you know, all these kind of things, you know, organizational culture, they, they're all throughout the book. Uh, tell us a little bit about what is the human side of, of the business, of the digital transformation there. This is actually really exciting for me to talk about because um, I, I've worked with companies, uh, you know, across regions, across industries. I've advised um, different levels within the organization from C-level right down to implementation teams. And it, it's really exciting to see um, organizations embrace digital because there's so much potential. So when we talk about digital transformation and, and to clarify, digital transformation has existed for a long while. I mean, we, we all know this, right? It's not, it's existed since we've started using technology in the business environment. It's not a new concept, but it has received quite a lot of focus over the last couple of years or the last decade or so, simply because technology development has accelerated and the potential capabilities of technology has accelerated in recent years. So companies have spent so much time and energy and effort on the digital part of digital transformation, mm -hmm. which is really what technology should we implement, uh, what kind of tech solutions should be put in place to accelerate our business. The potential of technology can definitely create exponential um, development, whether it, it is in uh, exponential growth or scale or um, hyper-personalization of, of interactions with customers. There's so much potential from tech. The transformation part has received far less focus. And this is really the element where you take your organization on a journey to prepare it for successful, uh, to be successful in the digital economy, in the digital future. And this transformation part, a lot of that involves taking the people within your organization on a journey towards this future success creating the solid foundation in your company that allows the technology solutions to really provide the, the outcomes that we're looking for. Um, and, and this is what fascinated me quite a bit. When we look at this transformation journey, it's not just about creating, um, it's not just about change management. And I do talk about this in the book yeah. as well, the comparison between change management and culture management and how, how it falls short of what actually is needed in an organization. We look at, creating a ecosystem of people, ecosystem of players that help the organization really become successful in the digital future. No individual organization is going to be successful on its own. This ecosystem environment is what's going to help companies stand out. And this is really your internal ecosystem of business owners, management teams, as well as employees, and your external ecosystem of players, for example, customers, but also service providers, partners, collaborators, um, 
educational institutions, all of these different players coming together to create an ecosystem of business that's going to help companies become successful in the future. And we're seeing companies even in today's environment that are creating this ecosystem that are going to be truly successful, that are already demonstrating success. And this is where I find digital transformation truly bringing value in a business. Well, I think the ecosystem is really interesting because it's not just a top-down initiative. It's not like from reading uh, what I understood was it's not like communication starts at the top and you just sort of force it down through the ranks. It, you're talking about more of having key players all over the organization in different places. And so that changes a little bit about the hierarchy, but uh, may, maybe just having uh, people more uh, have more buy-in across the organization to end up making that change would be uh, have a lot more impact. It, and it's not just buy-in, right? If we think about the different players, they have different roles within the ecosystem as well. So leadership teams and business owners and board members, they are tasked to drive transformation, to trigger, to initiate, and to navigate that transformation effort. Employees are not just uh, focused on applying and uh, using technology solutions, but they also need to advocate for those technology solutions. They need to be yeah. bought in and they need to be the ones telling everyone else you've got to use this because it's fantastic, right? That's the advocacy we're looking yeah. for. Um, we're looking for as well, um, customers that um, customers are already triggering this shift. Most people across most industries that use any kind of product or service are looking for some form of digitization in the way they interact and communicate with uh, organizations, as well as in the way they acquire services and products and the way they use any kind of product or service in the market. And of course, we have then partners, suppliers, collaborators that are helping us develop the solutions, helping organizations build the solutions that we need. All of these players have to come together with a shared purpose of developing solutions that bring value to the market. And that's where we find real digital transformation, creating value. Okay, so when you're saying this, and people are like really excited about the new technology and the digital, I'm picturing generational divides. Right. How how do you experience that and, and what kind of uh, things come up and ideas do you have to help uh, bridge, bridge those generational gaps? I do cover this in, in the book because I found this extremely fascinating and yeah. it, it's an element that I feel, um, you know, companies do tend to talk about, but they don't deep dive enough into it. Um, the generational divide that we're talking about are these different generation of people that are coming up with different value system that are demanding different things from companies. Um, if you think about our parents' generation or even our generation, the, the baby boomers and the Gen Xs, we've always focused on stability. Uh, we focused on job security, you know, uh, creating, uh, getting that job and then creating a career path for ourselves within organizations. Now, if we think about the generation that came after us, the millennials, they triggered this shift in mindset of starting to find more meaningful work, uh, working towards higher purpose and looking for organizations that provide this higher purpose, climate change, for example, or even looking at um, creating psychological safety. The interesting thing that we saw was um, during the COVID uh, pandemic, this, this value system became exponentiated. We saw a lot more people start to realize traditional work environments were not creating this or not giving them the satisfaction that they were looking for. They started to look for something bigger, something brighter on the other side of the, the fence. Um, the new generation of people 
my daughter, for example, she's a, um, you know, we're going into the Gen Zs and the alphas now. My daughter's 12. And if, you know, if I look at the way she operates, for example, and her her group of friends and her classmates and all of them, she's got, for example, a TikTok account that she started a month ago where she creates videos. She's done about 20 videos. She has over 9,000 followers and she has over 34,000 likes on those videos. Wow it comes so easily to them because they are the generation that were born and bred in the digital space. Mm -hmm. It's a natural way of of being for them. It's not even a question. Um, And so if I compare that to the organizations that exist, how organizations motivate people, the kinds of work that, that they expect people to do, the hours that people work, the satisfaction that the organizations create for employees, there is a disconnect. And this new generation of people, the Gen Zs and the Alphas, they're demanding something more from companies. And companies have been falling short if we look at the tech layoffs that have been happening recently. Um, and, it, it, you know, just to say this new generation of people, they know that there is an alternative. They've experienced it at a very young age. You don't have to go into a nine to five job in a big organization. You can have a, a side gig. You can create a, a revenue base even without formal education. This is a, a given for them. You can create wealth. You can build knowledge, financial knowledge. There's no need to go into that traditional pathway. This is going to become a major threat for traditional organizations. Yeah, and that that will be another disruption there uh, to Absolutely. deal with. Yeah. Hmm. Wow, that that is interesting. So that, um, you know, the power has shifted a little bit, too. Uh, to from from the employer to the employee, you know, saying actually we want more from from the employer. It isn't just about us being desperate to earn a living. We can do that other ways. We need to actually find something that that fulfills us to be a part of this company. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that power shift is is triggering companies to t- start thinking about new working models. And this is part of digital transformation. Uh, even today, companies that hire in, uh, you know, people in their uh, late 20s or even mid 30s, the key question that I've heard people ask in interviews, uh, what kind of technology solutions do you have? Do you have a work from home capabilities? Uh, can I bring my own device? And these are basic questions that some companies still struggle with. And so this transformation and this um, accessibility and the ability to cater to new working models, this is something that companies need to start focusing on. And this is a big part of digital transformation as well. Okay. I I have one question that, I, that I'm just been um, on the edge of my seat waiting to ask you. And I think we've finally gotten it. We're talking about the tech so much. We're talking about new ways of doing things. All right. The, the biggest thing at the moment is AI, right? Artificial mm-hmm. intelligence, right? Everyone's talking about chat GPT and all these things, right? So, um, you know, you talk about in your book, the convergence of humans and technology. So how is the, that happening? Like how is tech affecting humanity? I think the one one of the biggest things that's happened is um, particularly with the wake of social media, right? That was the trigger yeah. point for me, particularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we arrived at a point where technology was triggering not only a change in behavior, but a change in mindset as well. Mm-hmm. If you think about social media, uh, you know, what what's happened in the past 15 years with social, 
it's triggered a way for people to communicate and interact with one another across borders, across uh, boundaries, across uh, beliefs. And it's triggered a way to um, not only communicate with one another, but also uh, shift mindsets, shift perceptions. And we've seen quite a lot of that happen. Now, add to that the element of in, of artificial intelligence or smart technologies, mm -hmm. where you can actually exponentiate this. So um, in the book, I do come um, from, you know, and I'm, I have to qualify this. I am a technology optimist. So I believe okay. very much in the transformative capabilities of tech, the good in tech. I think there's so much that the tech solutions today, emerging technology can provide for humanity. And I'm really excited about these uh, solutions coming out. If you think about financial services, healthcare, and so on. But there's also a darker side if we don't apply technology well. And we're seeing this happen in the business world where uh, the trends, you know, the cycle of trends. So last year, it was all about the metaverse. The year before that, it was all about blockchain and crypto. And this year, it's all about chat, GPT and AI. Um, and so we're seeing these cycles of, of trends come up, the hype cycle. Um, what I find very interesting is new technologies, um, things like AI-based solutions, can augment our capabilities as people. And the way I look at it from a very positive perspective is it can help take away the redundant, repetitive work, automate and speed those up. It can help create um, hyper-personalized experiences at scale. And this can um, augment the experiences people have with interactions with technology, with companies, with brands. Um, and allow us as humans to focus on the complex interactions the interactions that require emotional and, um, you know, the the kind of human interactions. And we can focus and deepen those interactions. Mm -hmm. And this I find exciting, not only from a kind of, uh, uh, you know, even from a business perspective, if you think about how organizations interact with customers today, we can take away a lot of the redundant um, interaction points like payment points and things like that and focus on customer service that is really on a human level really catered to hyper-personalized experiences. And I think this is very, very positive. What we're seeing in the news cycles, though, businesses tend to jump on the hype and think about chat GPT, for example, as the, the silver bullet solution for everything. It isn't that. If you really start to use it, it's starting to come out now. You know, it's not as intelligent as people make it out to be. It's not going to replace people all that quickly. It's an element that augments our capability. I would say if you're doing copywriting, for example, chat GPT could accelerate that work up to 40% as it is today. But you still need 60% of human capabilities to bring insights and to bring knowledge and experience into that content to make it really valuable for the market. And so I think used in the right way, technology can really help augment and bring us to a point where we can converge with it to a certain extent that it adds more value to our interactions, but not necessarily replace that humanity. Right. And I also like that way you're talking a little bit about the dark side. I mean, one of the things I look at is the dark side of leadership or of humans, not you're talking about the dark side of technology, which I think would stem from the dark side of, of humans, right, coming in to use technology for bad instead of for good. But your ecosystem seems like that would have some checks and balances. I mean, if there are so many touch points with humans that you would be getting that feedback uh, to realize hmm, maybe this isn't being used for good because people are reacting, you know, we need to keep it uh, in, in a way that that's beneficial to humans. 
I think that's an excellent point, Joni. And this is the whole point of that ecosystem. It's almost kind of a self-regulating environment. So whatever is being developed and created, decisions that are being made come out for the benefit of all within that environment. Um, But it also depends, and I think this is a key element, it depends on who is within this ecosystem. If you have a homogeneous team, you know, a non-diverse team of people, you're still going to end up with some challenges at the end of the day. And this is where diversity in innovation, diversity in digital transformation and tech becomes so incredibly important. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, right. So, you know, actually one of the questions I was going to ask you a little bit about was the diversity, but also like, huh, how about women in tech specifically? I mean, you know, where, where, do, where do women sit? I still think there is a, um, and, and I, you know, I came up in the tech industry since the 90s, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot has changed since then. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've, I've seen a significant uh, shift in terms of not only in terms of the number of, of women involved. Uh, and to be clear, we've always had very um, uh, impactful women in the industry, uh, even, you know, from the very beginning since the 70s and 80s. But um, the focus on them, I think the recognition of the impact that women have made in the industry has increased. Uh, the system has changed slightly. There's been a lot more focus on how do we get more women into the space. Um, there's been a, a lot of focus around creating environments that are conducive for diversity, but there's still a long way to go. I think there's uh, still a significant gap. Um, it is still very challenging, particularly the higher up you move within an organization, there is still a, a significant gap. And one of the key things that I experience personally as well is the higher up you go, the stronger the bias is towards the role that women can play, not only in tech, but also in business. This is still there. It's, uh, you know, it's it's something that I hope to um, shift over time. And I hope to work with more women to shift that that space and shift that perception. And I think this, you know, I'm quite optimistic and positive about the direction we're heading in. But there's still a lot of work to be done there. Organizations need to not just, um, you know, they not just talk the talk, but walk the talk in terms of creating an environment that uh, attracts women, but also sustains them in those environments. And the sustaining part is a lot more challenging than I can, you know, than most people expect. Because if you come in as a woman into an environment that is non-diverse, there's very little impact that you can have because you are at the end of the day, outnumbered. And with tech solutions, tech development, it is so critical to have this diversity because the solutions that you're building need to cater to a broader group of people, a broader community of global people. And that means bringing in different types of people who have a perception of what are, you know, if you have a homogeneous team, if I explain it in another way, then you you have blind spots because... Just naturally, you're not going to be able to see things that other people are able to see and experience. So the only way to resolve this, particularly if we think about transformative solutions like algorithms and, uh, you know, which is pretty much in everything that we do today, Mm -hmm. as well as AI-based solutions that could have huge impacts on business and our lives, you need people in there who can open up these blind spots. So I'm quite passionate about this, as you can see. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, huge business case for diversity, as well as every other reason you, you can imagine. But even just for the business, uh, I think that it's really, it's compelling and a huge blind spot if if people aren't employing diversity 
because uh, yeah, trying to understand the different perspectives and who your customers are, right? It's not it's not going to reach them if you if you don't. And really one of the things that them. concerns yeah. me with the recent tech layoffs that's been happening in the past, yeah. you know, uh, three four yeah. months, I don't think any of the companies are even looking at the layoffs from the uh, diversity lens. Ooh. It's probably the last thing on their mind. Um, and if you think about, you know, just uh, statistically, the, the groups of people within those tech companies, it, it is the the lower levels that are getting um, laid off. And in those levels, you do tend to find more of the diversity rather than the higher levels in the organization. So it, it is concerning because we are losing this knowledge base and we are losing this diversity within those tech companies. And with the existing environment, we do find that lots of people have options as well, especially if you have tech skills. You can go and create a you know a side gig and a, a different kind of revenue source. There's no need to go back into these environments. So there is a certain concern for me that we're losing a lot of this uh, key innovative thinking and you know the, the the differentiators that could be impactful for the tech solutions that are being built. Wow, I love it though that you have an optimistic outlook and and some solutions uh, in the book and also in your consulting. I imagine. So Kamalesh, how can people reach you? Uh, yeah, how would you like them to reach you? I am available pretty much on most social channels, but I'm very active on Twitter, Cam Lardy, uh, and I'm very active on LinkedIn as well. So they can search for my name. Um, and my book is available pretty much uh, worldwide at the moment. So if you go to kamaleshlardy.com on my website, you have links to um, sales points across the world and e-commerce uh, points. And it's now available on Audible as well. So I'm quite excited about that. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, you know, I, I like uh, reading instead of uh, listening, but a lot of people I know are listening now, especially what they're in their commutes. So again, the human side of digital business transformation available wherever books are sold, right? Yes. Uh, Okay, well, um, I just want to thank you so much for being a guest. I mean, we've kind of talked about a whole bunch of things. And do you have any final words that you'd like our listeners and viewers to take away? Um, yeah, I think one of the key things to remember is um, digital transformation comes from people transformation. And I'd like to encourage leadership teams particularly to take an opportunity to, to look at themselves, the way they lead organizations. There is a shift happening and the styles of leadership need to shift as well along with that. And so this is this would be one area where I'd like to encourage leadership teams to kind of adopt a new mindset and shift the way they lead organizations as well. And it's been a really real pleasure to join you here today, Joni. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kamlesh. It's It's been a lot of fun. And thanks to our listeners and viewers. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review, and we'll uh, see you next time on Reinventing Nerds. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Reinventing Nerds and encourage you to apply what you learned to help you communicate better. For a free consultation with Joni to see how she can help you further, please visit ReinventingNerds.com. Until then, embrace your inner nerd and remain true to yourself while you develop your communication strategies.
We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Reinventing Nerds and encourage you to apply what you learned to help you communicate better. For a free consultation with Joni to see how she can help you further, please visit ReinventingNerds.com. Until then, embrace your inner nerd and remain true to yourself while you develop your communication strategies. <laughs>